For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject our spiritual journey from Egypt to the Promised Land. This is part 16 of the series. Test number 7. Will we engage in following after the God of Israel with mixed worship of Him, which is idolatry? In Exodus chapter 32, verses 4 and 5, it is written, And he, referring to Aaron, fashioned it with a graven tool after he had made it a molten calf. And when Aaron saw it, he built an altar before it. And biblically, you worship the God of Israel through building an altar unto him. And once Aaron built the altar, he made a proclamation and said, Tomorrow is a feast to the Lord. So notice, when the children of Israel made this molten or golden calf, they were expressing worship unto the God of Israel because they said, Tomorrow is a feast to Yahweh. And what they had done is they made a molten calf of Yahweh. In other words, they put Yahweh in their own image. So believing in the God of Israel, but worshiping him in the image that we make of him and who we want him to be, rather than worshiping him as he says he wants to be worshipped, that is mixed worship. That is mixed worship, and that is idolatry. Test number eight, complaining about our situation. In Numbers chapter 11, verse 1, it is written, And when the people complained, it displeased the Lord, and the Lord heard it, and his anger was kindled, and the fire of the Lord burnt among them and consumed them that were in the uttermost part of the camp. Test number nine, being unthankful for your current situation in life, being unthankful for God's current provision that he makes for you. In Numbers chapter 11, in verses 4 through 6, it is written, And the mixed multitude that was among them fell a lusting. And the children of Israel also wept again and said, Who shall give us flesh to eat? For we remember the fish which we did eat in Egypt freely, the cucumbers and the melons and the leeks and the onions and the garlic. In other words, all the food and the spices that came with the food that caused the food to taste good. But now our soul is dried away and there is nothing at all. We have nothing to eat every day except this manna. So the manna was the supernatural provision of the God of Israel. And rather than being thankful for his daily provision, they wanted something else. They wasn't satisfied with their current situation. Test number 10. 
is believing human logic and reasoning regarding your circumstances when they conflict and contradict with God's promises in your life. In Numbers chapter 13 verse 25 it is written, And they returned from searching the land after forty days. Continuing in Numbers chapter 13 verses 30 and 31, And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess the land, for we are well able to overcome it. So on what basis did Caleb make this proclamation? It was based upon God's promise that he made to the children of Israel in Egypt that he was going to take them out from there and bring them into the promised land. So Caleb made his proclamation based upon the promises of God, which he made through covenant. Now Numbers chapter 13 verse 31. But the men that went up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. In other words, they used human logic and reasoning based upon their natural circumstances. And in this case, their human logic and reasoning contradicted the promise of God that he brought him out of Egypt to take him into the promised land. So in believing the human logic and reasoning of those who didn't believe that they could defeat the giants in the promised land, the people wanted to go back to Egypt. So in other words, they wanted to quit following the God of Israel, quit believing his promises, and they wanted to go back and live in the world, in the world system, and live their normal, worldly, and daily life that they knew and what was comfortable to them. So in Numbers chapter 14, verses 1 through 4, it is written, And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron. And the whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would God that we had died in this wilderness? And wherefore has the Lord brought us unto this land to fall by the sword, that our wives and our children should be a prey? Were it not better for us to return to Egypt? In other words, they were saying that the God of Israel delivered them with signs, wonders, and miracles out of Egypt from the bondage of Pharaoh, only to bring them into the wilderness to cause them to die in the wilderness. So as a result, the people said one to another, let us make a captain and let us return unto Egypt. So as a result of the children of Israel failing the tests in the wilderness, which spiritually represents living our lives and the trials and the tests and the temptations and tribulations we go through as we live our individual lives, God says that his people will not inherit his promises. In Numbers chapter 14 verse 11 it is written, And the Lord said to Moses, How long will this people provoke me? And how long will it be ere they believe me for all the signs which I have shown among them? Continuing on in Numbers chapter 14 verses 22 and 23, Because all those men which have seen my glory and my miracles which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness, and have tempted me now these ten times, and have not hearkened or listened to my voice, surely they will not see the land which I swear to their fathers, neither shall any of them that provoked me see it. So it's possible for you to believe the promises of God that are in his written word, or believe his individual promises that he's made with you. And as you seek to pursue and believe those promises, if along the way you give up and you say, I'm not able to see the promises of God in my life, I just want to continue living my normal life, you will never see the promises of God manifested in your life, even though he swore by himself that his promises will come to pass. So we can see from Psalm chapter 95 verses 10 and 11 that because the children of Israel failed the test of the wilderness, they were not able to enter into the promised land, which is referred to as the rest of God.
So in Psalm chapter 95, verses 10 and 11, it is written, Forty years long was I agreed with this generation and said, It is a people that err in their heart, and they've not known my ways, unto whom I swear in my wrath that they should not enter into my rest or see the fulfillment of my promises in their life. So let's summarize this part of the teaching. The children of Israel experienced ten tests in the wilderness. And they spiritually represent the way in which all believers in Yeshua are tested to see what was in their hearts in the wilderness of life. So the ten tests experienced by the children of Israel, which is a blueprint of the same tests that we will experience in our life, is as follows. Number one, choosing the comfort of wanting to live our life as we're used to living it and known life over pursuing the promises of God, which are still yet in the future and not yet fulfilled. Number two, how will we handle bitter experiences that come into our lives? Number three, are we fearful that there will be a lack of provision in our lives and following after the God of Israel and seeking to do his will in our lives? So fear of that lack of provision was represented by the children of Israel when they hungered. Number four, will we follow the Torah of Yeshua as he instructs us in the way in which he wants us to love him and keep his commandments? Number five, will we observe and keep the Sabbath of Yeshua when we live our lives? Number six, as we experience things in our lives that may not go according to how we want or expect, will we question whether Yahweh is with us to the extent that we want to quit, give up, and go back to Egypt? Number seven, in expressing our faith in Yeshua as the Messiah, are we going to mix our faith in him? with the customs of the nations, or worship him according to how we want him to be for us, or in other words, express our faith in him by engaging in mixed worship, which is idolatry. The application to us and believers in Yeshua as the Messiah entails understanding that historical Christianity has brought in Greco-Roman culture into biblical faith in Yeshua. So that one way that this is expressed is through celebrating the Greco-Roman customs of Christmas and Easter. Number eight, complaining about our situation and murmur against the Lord because of it. Number nine, are we content and satisfied with what the Lord has given us or are we unthankful for his current provision and want something else or want something more? Number 10, will we believe human logic and reasoning regarding our circumstances when it conflicts or contradicts with God's promise that he's made to us either in his written word or personally to us? So these are the 10 tests that the children of Israel experienced in the wilderness, and they represent the tests that we also will experience as we're living our lives and seeking to follow Yeshua. If we pass the test, we'll be able to go into the promised land. If we fail the test, we will die not seeing the promises of God manifested in our lives. So far in this teaching, we've been learning how the physical journey of the children of Israel coming out of Egypt on their way to the promised land with their specific destination being Jerusalem or Mount Zion is a spiritual picture or a blueprint of all believers in Yeshua as the Messiah who choose to leave Egypt, which is a type of the world and the world system under Pharaoh and his authority 
who is a type of Lucifer who rules over the kingdom of darkness. And even as Pharaoh and Egypt kept the children of Israel in bondage, Satan or Hasatan keeps people in bondage to sin. So the way we come out of the world, the world system and being in bondage to sin is to repent of our sins and receive Yeshua's shed blood for the forgiveness of our sins by making a declaration that Yeshua is our Messiah and we make him Savior and Lord of our lives. Once we do this, we become members of Yeshua's redeemed family called the House of Jacob. However, we are still spiritual babes. And in Yeshua, we live our lives with the goal or purpose of growing in spiritual maturity in Him. Yeshua gave us an example of how we are to live our lives on a daily basis by loving Him and keeping His commandments or following His Torah. And the way that we are to do that is through the power and the inspiration of His Holy Spirit where we seek to do His will in our lives. So even though the children of Israel put the blood of the Lamb on the doorpost and physically left Egypt, when they were in the wilderness, Egypt was still in their heart and in their minds. So the God of Israel took the children of Israel through a process to remove Egypt out of their thoughts and their minds so that they would fully realize that they need to put their full faith, trust, and confidence in the God of Israel and following after his ways or his Torah. So the God of Israel took his people through trials, tribulations, and persecutions in the wilderness for the ultimate purpose that they would learn to crucify their flesh and not live their lives and make decisions about things that they viewed as being best for them through fulfilling their own desires and what they reasoned to be right in their own eyes. But the God of Israel brought his people to Mount Sinai to renew their minds, to think and follow after his heart, his ways, and his Torah, so that ultimately they would learn the lesson of that the children of Israel were tested and tried so that they would realize that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the God of Israel, meaning following his Torah. So once the children of Israel left Egypt by putting the blood of the lamb on the doorpost, which foreshadows putting your faith, trust, and confidence in Yeshua as Messiah, Savior, and Lord, the children of Israel, just like believers in Yeshua as the Messiah, are called to go on a journey where they grow in spiritual maturity, where they not only learn how to follow the Torah of Yeshua on a daily basis, but they purpose and endeavor to seek to do God's will for their lives. Yeshua was sent to this earth by the Father to live his life and to do the will of his heavenly Father. This is an example for us that believers in Yeshua should seek to do the same. When Yeshua did the will of his Father by dying on the tree, his flesh was nailed to the tree. This is a spiritual picture that whenever we seek to do the will of the God of Israel in our lives, in order to do so, we must crucify our flesh and renew our minds from thinking according to the world and the world system and the world's ways. In other words, leave Egypt behind and no longer think after the world and its ways and its values, but renew our minds to think and behave according to the Torah of the God of Israel. The reason why the children of Israel died in the wilderness is that they could not overcome their flesh, the desires of the flesh, and their carnal, earthly thinking. 
They failed to trust in the God of Israel, believe his word, and believe his promises. So they died in the wilderness because they were spiritual babes. They were spiritually immature. And they were not spiritually developed and equipped to defeat the giants who were going to be in the promised land. For this reason, most of the generation of the children of Israel that came out of Egypt died in the wilderness. This is a spiritual picture for us of those who receive Yeshua as Savior by repenting of their sins and receiving His shed blood for the forgiveness of their sins, but fail to grow in spiritual maturity in Him, but instead live their lives as believers in Yeshua, yet thinking and reasoning according to the world's values, ways, and thinking. Because the children of Israel failed to grow spiritually, and they remained spiritual babes, they could not enter into the promised land. So this is a spiritual picture to us of believers in Yeshua as the Messiah, who fail to grow in spiritual maturity, and fail to crucify the flesh, and fail to renew their minds in the Word of God, but instead thinks, behaves, and reasons according to human values, human eyesight, and carnal thinking, that they will not be able to make it into the promised land of God and inherit the fullness of His promises. The God of Israel instructed the children of Israel to build a tabernacle in the wilderness. In Hebrews chapter 8 verse 5, we're told that the physical tabernacle of the children of Israel in the wilderness was a blueprint of the heavenly tabernacle. The physical tabernacle contained an outer court, a holy place, and a holy of holies. These three areas represented levels of holiness, with the lowest level of holiness being the outer court. There was only one way to enter into the tabernacle, and that was the door on the eastern side. That's a spiritual picture that there's only one way to come into the redeemed family of the Messiah, and that's through faith in Him. As the first thing you encountered when you came into the tabernacle was the brazen altar, which spiritually represents Yeshua's death on the tree and receiving Him into your heart and your life. The highest level of spiritual maturity in Yeshua is to love Him by keeping His commandments, which means following His Torah, not in our own strength, power, or understanding, but we follow His Torah by His Holy Spirit and we seek to do His will in our lives. When we do so, we will be able to inherit the promises of God, and in doing so, He will take us to the spiritual status of the heavenly Jerusalem or Mount Zion, wherein the heavenly Jerusalem is the city of Yeshua's bride. So Yeshua's goal in taking His people out of Egypt was to bring Him into the Promised Land, take Him to Jerusalem or Mount Zion, which is a spiritual picture that the reason why Yeshua redeems us and forgives us of our sins is that He's inviting us to be His bride who will live and dwell forever with Him in the New Jerusalem. So now since we understand the principle of how the physical journey of the children of Israel is a spiritual blueprint for believers in Yeshua as the Messiah, let's further establish this principle that once you receive Yeshua into your heart and your life and making Savior of your life, while you are a part of His redeemed family, you are still a spiritual babe or a child in Him. And he's called us to grow in spiritual maturity. And the bride that Yeshua is going to marry and live with forever in the New Jerusalem has made Yeshua Savior and Lord and has done his will. And thus Yeshua will choose to dwell with his spiritually mature bride forever and ever in the New Jerusalem.
So now let's further understand some of the details regarding the fact that after we have accepted Yeshua as Messiah and made him Savior in our lives, we are called to grow in spiritual maturity. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1, Paul explained that a child in Messiah still has a carnal mind, where he thinks according to the world and the ways of the world, the world's system and the world's values. So Paul says, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, meaning being mature, but as unto carnal, even as babes in Messiah. So this word babes is the Strong's number 3516 in the Strong's Greek Dictionary. It's the Greek word nepios, and it means a babe, a child, one who is untaught and unskilled. So here we can see it's possible to be a believer in Yeshua, but yet be spiritually a babe in him. The carnal mind has not yet been renewed to think after and follow the Torah of Yeshua. In Romans chapter 8 verse 7 it is written, Because the carnal mind is enmity or an enemy against God. It is not subject or it does not follow the Torah of God, neither indeed can it be. Then Paul continues in Romans chapter 8 verse 8, So then they that are in the flesh. So Paul defines those that are in the flesh in these verses as believers in Yeshua who have a carnal mind who don't follow the Torah of Yeshua. A child in Messiah still hasn't overcome and crucified the flesh, and as a result still engages in strife and division. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 3, it is written, For you are yet carnal, speaking to babes and Messiah, for wherein there is among you envy and strife and divisions. Are you not carnal and walk as men? A spiritual child has not yet fully discerned what the scriptures say and how he is to walk. When one person says the Bible says this and another person says the Bible says that, so they get tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine or teaching. In Ephesians chapter 4 verses 14 and 15 it is written that we henceforth be no more children. This is the Strong's number 3516 in the Strong's Greek Dictionary. It is a Greek word nepios and it's the same word that got translated in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 1 as babes. That we henceforth be no more children or babes in Messiah who are tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Messiah. A babe or a child in Messiah is only able to feed on the milk of the word and not the meat. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 2, it is written, I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it. A babe or a child in Messiah is unskillful in walking in the word of God. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 13, it is written, For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. The Strong's number 3516 in the Greek Dictionary, the Greek word nepios. A babe in Messiah or a child in Messiah is still encumbered with the cares of this world, which chokes the word of God or prevents the fruit of the word of God to be manifested in their lives. Yeshua explained this in what's called the parable of the sower, where in Mark chapter 4 verse 14, Yeshua said the sower sows the word. And he continued the parable in Mark chapter 4 verses 18 and 19 by describing the characteristics of the word of God sown on thorny ground. These are they which are sown among thorns 
warns such as hear the word, and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the lusts of other things, enters in, it chokes the word, and it becomes unfruitful. By doing, practicing, and living unrighteous behavior, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9, it is written, Know you not? Well, that's going to conclude part 16 of the series on the subject, Our Spiritual Journey from Egypt to the Promised Land. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.